So welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach. And today's guest is Ryan, who has been has been a nervous flyer. He's here to tell us his story. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. You've come through. You voluntarily wanted to come in and share this talk. I think you've been listening to the podcast yourself, perhaps, and that's maybe dropping you. But I'll shut up. Tell me, tell us about you. Yeah, do you know what? I'll um, I'll get to that in a second about listening to the podcast. But um, I basically found Love Fly randomly through being so scared that I started googling random ways to help. Right. And obviously, Love Love Fly came up. And straight away, I was like, oh, this is actually quite different to just a random course or something like that. It's actually real people. And you can relate <laughs> to the stories. Yes. And obviously, everyone has different reasons as to why they are afraid of flying. So yes. I'm sure mine will be pretty uh, unique to some people. To other people, they might not get it. Mm. But um, yeah, my, my kind of basic story is I didn't fly until I was about 19. I've always been scared of flying. And my friends finally got me around to getting a passport and booking a holiday. So we went to Greece for the first time, and that right. was on a Thomas Cook flight, I think. So it was one of those, probably like an A320 or something, had no screen, nothing like that. So I just sat there terrified, not knowing what to expect. And like most yes. people, you kind of do the rest in your mind. So you just... So, the um, kind of, so it was for you, then it was like fear of the unknown almost. Yeah, I guess if, if I outline the fear, if that helps. For me, it's it's a small combination of things. I think it's partly... It's height is one of them. I really don't like heights, mm. even though when you're actually up there, you don't notice. Yes. It's actually quite peaceful in a way. And um, hopefully I get to the part where I can say to everyone that um, I've actually feel like I've conquered it, which is great. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the height, the feelings you get on takeoff, mm. those typical drop feelings that people tend to over exaggerate like myself mm. and the combination of not knowing what's going on. And I think it's just a more of a mental thing of just knowing that I'm so high up and it's just an unnatural thing. Mm. I think that's kind of the gist of what I really don't like. It's not so yeah. much the control because I know obviously pilots are way more competent than we'll ever be, things like that. So that doesn't bother me. It's more the fear of just this impending doom that you're just going to fall out of the sky, which we all know is impossible. But it's easier said than done when you, you're scared of those kind of things. Yes. So talk us through then. So that was your first flight yeah so anyway then... so my first flight it was a like think of it as like a white knuckle ride <laughs> i just sat there holding onto the seat in front of me and i literally gripped the seat and i wouldn't let go and that was about what was that that would have been about three and a half hours straight mm. and as soon as i landed it was that typical thing most people have once they've got it done you never want to get back on yeah so like with most holidays i would always be more excited getting there like most people because you have like at least you have some sort of incentive to go and then once you're there and it's kind of like the payoff and the release is done, you're like, oh, it's great. And then you realize you have to go back. And I think with me, I spent so much time with every single flight, especially my last one, which I'll get to, is um, I spent so much time anticipating it and building up for like three months before. And it just got ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it was literally for, for, for say, like a three-hour flight. For some people, it's shorter. For some, it's longer. But for such a small window in your life, you spend so much time stressing for nothing. Mm. Once you kind of realize how mundane it actually is, it's not actually a fear to be worth being scared of. It's oh, kind of in your head. That's gold, that, mate. How have you got to... All right, so, so I feel like I'm jumping about with you. So we, we've mm. got the beginning. So that's how it started, the white knuckle ride. 
And then yeah, so that's how that went. So so every flight since then has that yeah, been so, so so basically I'm sure people can relate. So every flight every flight since then I've flown I a godless amount of time since. Uh God knows, sorry. And every flight got worse because you let your mind run wild and you don't know what mm. to expect. And it's kind of like every single time you fly, you remember all of the bad things in your head. You say bad because it's all the little things you're scared of even leading up to it. But you forget 99% of it, which is just, like I said, mundane and nothing happens. It's uneventful. It's kind of like the typical kind of, if you think of it like a trauma sort of thing, I think you just hold on to the tiny memories. Yes. And when you look at it, even those tiny memories are uneventful. It's just because you didn't like it. Mm. So because I didn't like the feelings of takeoff and what I would do to myself in my mind, I made these things so much bigger than they actually were. Right. So each time I flew got worse and worse. And then the biggest flight I did was I am obviously from London. I now live in New Zealand. So my accent, as you can tell, might be slightly skew-if. So that's where that's from. So I flew out here about eight years ago, I think in nearly eight, 2015. Mm. And that was one of the biggest moves. And I remember getting to the airport and that was the first time I flew by myself. So I said bye to my friends, my family. And I was at the airport and I was just staring at this plane for about maybe three hours before. And I couldn't stop sweating. And I was looking, I was like, if I don't get on this plane, I don't think I'll ever do anything significant in my life, if that makes sense. Mm. Because it was probably the biggest thing I was ever going to do is leave the country, move around the world. And if I didn't do this, I knew it would be a roadblock that I'd never get over. And I think a lot of people have that same fear, yes. even if they've never flown, even if it's just a small flight. I think that's the biggest thing for people with a fear of flying is that they build up to be such a thing. And it's literally a left or right situation. If you go left, your life's going to be great in terms of you've done it. You can actually go and do things. If you go right, you hit a roadblock mm. and that roadblock's kind of like a, you can't really go backwards because you won't let your mind kind of go forward. So you get mm. stuck in that rut of you will never fly, which I got into after I landed in New Zealand because that was two 13 hour flights, I think. And that really took its toll on me. I think because I can't sleep on flights because I'm so scared. I stay awake. So I was awake for two days before give or take terrified. Oh, wow. Wow. And then almost two days flying there. Mm. So by the time I landed, I looked like a nervous wreck. And I got stopped at customs in Singapore, I think, just to ask a couple of questions. And they realized pretty quick it's just because I'm scared of flying. Yeah, yeah. You must have so looked they, like uh you must look like a crazy there, you know, like no oh, yeah, sleep all terrible. that time. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did, and there's there's nothing I could do. But um they're actually pretty good about it. So the next flight was with Air New Zealand from Singapore to New Zealand, and that was across mm. Australia. And I think the thing I didn't like about that flight is I had to sit at the back, which I've never sat at the back of a plane. And it's just a mental thing. I think like anything for me, if I'm not over the wing, I'm not in the center of gravity. Yeah. Which, which is technically true, but yeah. I mean, but... Oh yeah. But it's so insignificant that yes. it really doesn't matter in the real world. It's just a mental thing. Mm. So once I got that flight out of the way, I was like, that's it. We've done it. And then the endorphins had wore off and I just put it off for so long. Yeah. And I think the big kicker after that is I'd met a friend whose dad was a pilot, which was quite cool, but I never actually thought to ask him any questions. And on my birthday, we went to go for a meal, but we didn't actually go to a meal. We went to a local airfield where he's got two uh, small Cessnas, mm. which is a good experience. Of course, it's like once in a lifetime thing for a lot of people. And I got the opportunity to basically go for a flight. So let me so that's an interesting. So you didn't have the chance to get the anticipatory anxiety. So did you? were you anxious thinking about getting in that thing? That yeah, that's a good point. It was so on. Uh, it was so on the spot that I took a deep breath and just said, "Let's just do it." And then I regretted it as soon as we started moving. 
but there's nothing you could do at that point. No. And I gen- remember gen- taking off. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it was too late by then. <laughs> and um, obviously he was really good. He's a lot, a lot older and a lot more mature. So they actually, as like most pilots, pilots, they're quite mature. So they're very good at like talking you through things to mm. put your mind at ease. And that's all well and good. But as most people listening probably understand, you're not actually in that frame frame of mind when you're actually on the plane. It's very hard. Like myself, like I could put a movie on, but I'm looking at my peripherals. I'm not really watching yeah, it or paying yeah, attention to anything else. Yeah. You're just you're just in that like that tunnel vision kind of thing. Mm. So I literally had that all the way. And I really didn't like that flight because it was just a tiny little plane. They yeah. don't really sit obviously as as they're stable, but they don't feel as stable as like a big no. airliner, for example. No, they move about so a lot after, more, don't yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, looking back at it, it was a bit of fun, but at the time, yeah, no way. Yeah, after that, I said, I'm I'm never going to fly again. But as you can imagine, after eight years out here, you've got family back in the UK. Mm. There's a limit to how far you can uh, you can push it. And then it gets to a point, and I think most people can resonate here, is that when you have things like family or something like that on the other side of it, there's, yeah. there's only so much you can put it off because mm. inevitably something may or may not happen at home. People get older yeah. and not to go down that road, but should something happen to my parents per se or something like that, am I going to hide in New Zealand for the rest of my life? good point so that's kind of how i got to flying back because obviously covid happened things like that and my parents were going to fly over here in april coming Mm. and i basically i live with my best friend from the uk out here and he'd booked a flight back and he'd only been here three years and i thought if he goes back after three years and i've been here eight near enough it's not really a good look and i know he'd obviously go and see my parents and stuff and i thought okay i should probably yeah that'd be a bit embarrassing wouldn't it it's right oh yeah he's a bit busy it's literally like that so um as soon as he said that i think the day after i booked flights and that's when that's when it started again and i think Mm. like most people as soon as the flight's booked that's when it really kicks in yeah that's the moment of decision isn't it yeah and after that i spent well actually even booking the flight this is the thing someone might resonate with as well like even booking a flight i'll spend a lot of time trying to find for me mentally what i think the best flight is the best route the best Mm. airline Mm. every like perfect scenario which you can't actually anticipate but you still try and narrow it down the best you can yes so i literally sat there for maybe three hours four hours looking at the same flight and kept refreshing the page trying to decide is this the one and i kind of knew it was and then once i'd hit pay and it had all gone through i was like that's it there's no going back now and we spent the best part of three months after that every single day listening to the podcast and that's where i was getting at earlier i listened to all 108 some back to back oh my and, goodness yeah so it's a bit extreme and i'm sure a lot of people don't take it that far <laughs> but so, it really did help mm. so you three so it's during that three months you just blasted through those oh yeah God, i mean I'm, I, I got quite into running so if if anyone's listening you don't have to be running or anything you can just be going for a walk or whatever but it's quite peaceful and at work i do a lot of driving so i just put the podcast on in the background mm. and it's kind of one of those things where it's i mean everyone has different ways of uh interpreting things it could be like affirmations or as you say just reiterating something over and over again until it comes to reality and for me i think a few podcasts i resonated more with because everyone has different reasons as to why they have a fear yes and I listened to those over and over again, and it got to a point where I could borderline remember, not the words per se, but I could remember the whole thing over and over. And it literally, it really did. Like, um, I think it just solidified it in my mind. Yes. And it you... made it more of a reality that things aren't as bad as I think. There's other people out there. And the biggest help was the podcast with pilots. Mm. That was the biggest one. And I think for people listening and 
even for yourself i think the pilot episodes are probably the biggest ones i would say yes because they answer a lot of questions that a lot of people have as to why they're scared yeah can you remember is there a particular pilot there's some that you literally yeah so which ones were they (laughs) you know what it's uh episode 46 and i'm I'm gonna do my best not to say episode 46 100 times here um i think that is episode, yeah i say i think i should know this i'm trying to downplay it but episode yeah, yeah. 46 the stages of flight. yeah yeah right. i know with uh with steve ball hmm. that that one there and i favorited that on my spotify and put it in its own playlist by itself and anytime i got any anxieties or want i'd listen to that and it's kind of nice how you kind of play it you can close your eyes whatever or you just imagine the stages of flight and you're if you've flown before it's easier because you know what the plane looks like you know what it's yeah, going to be like yeah. you know the whole mm-hmm. the whole rigmarole and you realize like every single step is going to happen exactly like that mm. and every flight you look back on like for me i built up such such a thing of irrational fears of memories that weren't actually true and then i realized when i listened to the the, the um that episode, episode 46, 46. <laughs> yep episode 46 i, I realized when i listened to that <laughs> every single stage that was explained had happened every single flight i'd had and it kept solidifying it more and more that it's just a non-event. It's just like a bus driver or a yeah. train driver or something. They're just doing their job and it's such a standard procedure. Yes. So episode 46, once again, um, <laughs> I definitely I definitely uh, vouch for that one. Ryan's top tip, episode 46. <laughs> it will be. It will be that over and over again. But it really did help because I think, like I said, a lot of uh, our fears are just in our mind and we don't actually um, have enough knowledge to understand why we fear these things. Like I said, mine was the whole, I didn't understand the the falling feeling per se. And then you realize it's just a yeah. standard thing that happens. Yes. The whole noise. What's the abatement. Word I'm to think of? Noise abatement. Abatement, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say rebankment for some reason. I know it's not a word. But yeah, the noise abatement uh, situation, that, that's the main one. And once I realized that's all it was, and it's such a non-event, I really, at the moment, don't mind. It's fine. So, it's so, what, nice so you flew, so you've been to the UK and back. Yeah, so I tell recently about went. That. Yeah, I'll tell you about that quickly. So. That the whole three months started panicking, listened to 108 episodes over and over and over again, realizing it's it's it felt like an impending doom, as most people will relate to. And days get closer, and as they get closer, they get faster and faster and faster. And you start thinking of excuses, and there's got to be a way I don't have to go. Maybe some catastrophic event will happen. I yeah. don't know. I'm in New Zealand. Maybe a tsunami will just get rid of us. You start thinking of all these crazy, crazy things. And um, other than the help with the podcast, it's uh, which obviously helped take that aside you're you're constantly thinking of the date the time the flight mm. do i really have to do it and then i knew once i get there i have to come back and i was like well i could just live over there again and then not come back here so you think of these crazy things and then yeah so so the three months leading up to that we got closer to the flight flight day came pretty much i got to the point with the podcast that i felt so much more at ease i've never been at, at, in that kind of peaceful mindset when it comes to flying mm. before mm. which really helped so surprising lead to myself even when i got to the airport i was actually very calm which was quite nice and that's even just it, from the podcast you weren't doing anything else literally literally the podcast the podcast and i didn't do anything else but i think the the the, the point of my life where i decided enough is enough yeah i think that's that's a big turning point for people i mean you could listen to the podcast a hundred times over but if you're not ready or you're not at that point of like that breaking point of that left and right scenario i spoke about earlier yeah if you never get to that point it's a lot harder to get the desire to really want to do something you don't want to do no, because you can always find bang, excuses. Bang on, mate. Yeah, it's, it, absolutely. So the, the, 
that is the thing, isn't it? The, the desire, the motivation's got to be there, or there's got to be such an overwhelming, compelling reason that you just think, I've, I've got to do this, you know, whatever. It's a kind of, I cannot yeah. not do this, you know. That's that's where I got to. And like I said, eight years away from family and things like that, it was like, it was that inevitable, it has to be done. And because I knew it was inevitable, it was regardless, uh, regardless whether I liked it or not, it had to be done. So I might as well try and enjoy it mm. because... I had 27 hours ahead of me, so it's 27 hours of trying to enjoy it, or 27 hours of white knuckle ride. Yes, and which uh, and so, which yes. were you? Definitely way calmer than I thought I'd ever be. There were slight moments, but when you think about it, those and it, if I look at the journey from leaving New Zealand to London and coming back, so all four flights in total, as each if you think of it, as each hour went on all of those flights, I got more and more calm to the point where when I was landing back in Auckland, I could happily say that I mean it's hard to say that you're completely over something, but I'm pretty much there. Like I, I couldn't be any less phased about flying if I tried at the moment, which is quite remarkable considering I think I've been flying about probably now fifteen years. Mm. And each flight has been the most terrifying thing of my life. Wow. So it's a quite quite a nicer place to be at right now with flying. Wow. Well, when so when and did you get back? I got back two weeks ago. No, sorry, two weeks ago. Sorry, I a week and a half ago, and I got stuck in San Francisco for a layover, which actually worked out in my favor because I got a night in San Francisco. So it actually worked out very nicely. Mm. And when I flew back from San Francisco this time, we flew with the sun, so it was like a day flight the whole way. So oh, by the time we landed yeah. in New Zealand, the sun was coming down. It was perfect time. Made the whole jet lag scenario a lot easier. Mm. It was a really nice, um, yeah, it was a really nice uh, way to come back. But if I go back to with uh, leaving, I remember we, yeah, so I was looking at the plane and I was terrified and I, I remembered all of these things and I was listening to episode 46 over and over and over again, looking at the plane and I was like, it's going to be just <laughs> as it says. And with most airports, you can pretty much see when you're sitting at the gate. And I think this is a good tip. If you watch the amount of planes that take off and land and you just think, I'm going to be next, it's just like you're another one in, in the chain. There's mm. no, you're, you're not special. Nothing different's going to happen. You're going to do the same non-eventful thing. And the only difference is you're going to be sitting on there terrified for no reason where everyone else is just going to be chilling out. So that's one thing point. I noticed. That's a very good point. Yeah. So I just watched each plane go and I was like, one of those is going to be me and it's going to be so non-eventful. And then next minute I'm going to be in London seeing my family and then we'll be done with. And then... The I can't remember the lady. She was a nice lady. I was just to her second episode today. You'll know she moved to Canada, I believe, and wanted to move back to the UK. Fiona, Fiona Bramsell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was listening to her podcast earlier, driving actually, and um, that's quite a nice story too. But that's something I could relate to as well. It's it's all well and good until you get to that point of walking down the tunnel, mm. because that's the very last point where you can you can literally call it quits. And I yes. think that's the biggest mental mental hurdle. And if you can if you can get over that hurdle, once you get onto the plane, you've done the hard work. Yeah, I think that's the hardest bit. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, the point of commitment is if it's different things for different people. Uh, you know, the booking the flight is a point of commitment, and and then yeah. you know getting to the airport that's a commitment point. And you you know the tunnel is a classic one for a lot of people because it all kind of if you're nervous it it narrows the door, yeah. and then then. Then the buggers shut in the door. How dare they? Yeah. All of these are <laughs> massive moments. And some people say, oh, you know, I really hate the takeoff. And, and I think sometimes that's also about that's it. You know, you're that's it. You're in it now. You can't you can't change your mind. You can't opt out. You're yeah, you're there. You know, they're no, they're not going to land just because you don't like it. 
Yeah, well, that, that was the that was literally as you said. It's the tunnel. It's the the tunnel visual tunnel everything, and it's it kind of all of your horizons suddenly go into a pinpoint view, and all you can see is the door, and that's all everything is led up to. And everyone else is just looking forward to a holiday. Some people are annoyed that the flight's been delayed. Or they, it's just an inconvenience for them. But yes. for the rest of us, what people don't realize is you're terrified. And I'm pretty good at putting on a poker face. Mm. So when I got onto the plane, I sat next to a lady and her son must have been about 13. And I realized pretty quick that they weren't, they weren't too good at flying. So I turned into the, the guru helping them, even though inside I was probably more scared than they were. Brilliant. So a, And that all came from... I mean, the podcast and having a bit more knowledge than they did. And it was quite Episode a nice 46. feeling. Literally 46 over <laughs> and over again. But knowing that I could <laughs> ramble off these these facts like nothing because I'd listened to things so much. Yes. It was quite quite nice for me because I'm reaffirming it as I'm saying it. Definitely. And as I'm explaining to her, she's getting calmer. And then suddenly I'm like, well, she's in the worst state than I am. I'm not that bad then I start feeling calmer and it's like mm. a, it's like an endless circle. And I think that's the good thing with the uh, love flyer Facebook page. It's kind of the same thing. You've got people that are in different stages of their journey. Yes. Yeah. And you're all kind of pushing each other around on that wheel to the point where someone else will get around to the end and then they can help the next person that constantly goes round and round and round. I love I that. Like I'm a, yeah. It's, it's a way of thinking of it. And I think I'm at that point now where hopefully, hence why I'm doing this, that I can push someone else on their journey and then they mm. can get around to their point to push the next person. Yeah. I don't know uh, if that makes any sense, but that's it kind makes, of how it I makes it. brilliant sense. And that is our desire for the community. Yeah. It does exactly that, you know, because I was because I was thinking, you know, you put have you know you look on websites or on companies and they'll have a little mm. strap line, you know, and it's like and I was thinking, oh, maybe we should have something like get help, give help. And I thought, oh, that's really wanky, you know. But yeah. I was just but it, that is what hap- that is what's happening. So some of the most prolific posters uh, which I, I like that phrase prolific posters yes, are people that are, have been nervous themselves now in fairness mm. i don't think love flies the only thing that's helped them because it's about grabbing lots of stuff isn't it that you know whatever works yeah. for you but you know love fly hopefully is part of that but is as john said in the last podcast this week you know it's a it's a journey you know it is a journey no you're right and i think um you might not realize, but I think something like, well, not something, maybe specifically Love Fly is a bigger deal to people that are, have a fear of flying if they come across it than you might think. Because there's mm. not much out there, one, to start with for free and has an active community that can help. I mean, if you look at it daily, I, that's, if, if anyone goes onto my Facebook page, I don't look like a real person because I have no no friends, no connections. I just made the page so I could sign up to something. Mm. But as you can tell, I'm a real person. You are, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so if you go onto that it's active people it's real and it's it's quite nice and my oh, i was getting the notifications i get because it's the only thing i'm i'm associated with on facebook is love mm. so it's almost like every 10 minutes someone's posting something and it's quite nice to see that it's you've got someone will post their little story or they're scared of something and then you've got a hundred people per post helping someone out which is quite nice yeah which you yeah, don't get there anywhere, anywhere else so you, you've built a really good community here well, thank you. I mean, I, I don't quite know how it happened, really, because, well, I do. I mean, I know yeah. we had an intention, <laughs> you know, intentionally 
I, was, I went on one of these courses about, you know, like growing, because originally when I was running the courses before I had the, the Virgin stamp on, it didn't, it didn't really matter what you did because people trusted the brand. And so you had auto, yeah. auto loyalty, you know. Yeah. But with, with the Love Fly, I thought it'd be interesting to see if I could grow it from, obviously I did trade a little bit off the, I used to run, but I thought it'd be quite good to see whether it just could grow organically. And uh, it's been quite phenomenal, really. And and that, actually that's yeah. down to people like you doing that, you know, just helping others. So it blows my mind. Sometimes I look at it and just think, oh my God, what these people, when I see like a bunch of news, I sometimes have a mini panic attack myself that 15 people <laughs> join the same day. I'm like, oh, what do they want? You know, leave me alone. But well, that also goes to show that to me, is it? <laughs> no, of course. And that goes to show that there, anyone listening, you're not alone. There's mm. actually a lot more people that have the same fears than you think. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't speak out on it. And only people that have found this podcast or this Facebook page even hear this. You think of how many other people out there are terrified and they don't even get this avenue. Yeah, so you're already true. one step ahead of most people. Yes. That's how I think of it. But it's a really, really good community. And um, it definitely, like I said, it definitely helped me. Episode 46 once again, in case anyone's forgot. <laughs> Play that. I mentioned it for a while. I know. I always <laughs> forgot then. Um, Do you know but... the funny, I, I don't know if this is bad or not, but it's when you said uh, episode 46, there was a sort of a, a slight moment of panic in my head and i was like what on earth happened on the episode i literally didn't know no, what nothing. you were gonna say it's it's so good and as you can probably tell i'm not the best uh speaker on the spot but someone like uh steve or pilots or yourself are quite well spoken and it, it very much helps oh, someone like me listening and they they it's kind of like i don't want to do it again i'm gonna do it one more time but episode 46 <laughs> they tell it in such a good way it's like a story and mm. it's kind of it brings you emotionally to a very good place by the end of it so it starts mm. off obviously you ask a very basic question that someone can relate to and then all of your fears because you imagine it just heightening and then as steve speaks through the stages of flight you imagine it and you realize like i said for me it was the takeoff and the height that i didn't like things like that landing for me has never been a problem because i know i'm closer to the end that's it i'm, I'm going to touch the floor in about half an hour that's all that matters it's the rest but him telling it like a story i kind of go with it too and you kind of imagine the whole flight and then by the end of it like i said you're touching down mm. by the end of it you're at peace mm. so listening to that kind of podcast me over and over i remembered after every single episode listening to that sorry every, every time i listened to that episode at the end of it i felt at peace so the more i listened to it the more i felt at peace and because i knew it was coming I didn't have those fears every time it started off talking about takeoff and things like that. It just kept going over and over again mm. to the point where sitting at the terminal about to leave, I'm listening to the same podcast, but I've heard it so many times that I'm just listening to it one more final time just to solidify that I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And exactly that, that those stages happened exactly to a T nothing mm. else happened in the meantime. Most of it is yourself sitting there waiting for something which doesn't happen, which is a stressful way to fly. I can tell you that I've done that enough times. And even my first flight there, I think I landed with like the sweatiest palms and I didn't understand why. Cause I didn't, I didn't think I was, mm. I didn't think I had any fear in me, but looking back at it, the first flight out there, I still did. It yeah. was still kind of new to me. Yeah. Even though I felt 10 times better. And luckily the, the flight was very smooth, which most flights are, to be honest. I think a lot of people have this notion that you're going to be up there and you'd be thrown around like you're on a bouncy castle or something. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
I mean, so there's a lot of genius in what you just said there. So I'm, my, I, I like okay, yeah. people talk, but I just, you've just hit something that I've been noticing in the Facebook group. People say it was, it was a good flight because it was smooth or it, it, and it's almost like, yeah. And I've kind of, it keeps, it keeps striking me that people want a smooth flight. And I like it, and that then means it's a good flight. And I was thinking, actually, it's that's that's ass about face, mm. because no, you're right. You like checking turbulence apps beforehand. I know I got bang on about that, but it doesn't make any difference to the flight. Whether that's what, one thing know, I didn't they're not, do. They're not correct. And the smooth flight, we all want the smooth flight, but it's no less or more safe, regardless. So a good flight is one that takes off and lands. It's as yeah, basic course. as that. It doesn't, you know, and it's lovely if. You know, it's, yeah, it's weird how we um, a bonus. we emphasize on the words. You don't realize you're saying it sometimes, even mm. even then if I just did it saying good flight, because I don't mentally think about it being a good flight. It's just the, the terminology you use. And I guess yeah. if you're using that terminology and you hear it all the time, once again, you you reaffirm it in your head and then you Correct. think good flight equals smooth flight. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, that's not actually what you think. It's just the wording. And when you say yeah. things like yourself, when you, you, you don't want to name love fly anything to do with fear or anything, because the wording doesn't make sense. Mm. it's the, the same thing and i think the more especially listen to these podcasts the more someone like yourself talks and doesn't use that terminology the less we we kind of let go of that that way of thinking otherwise if, if you put a hundred of us in a room scared of flying we're going to sit there and it's, it's just going to go yeah. and go and go until all of us pass out of fear mm. well i'm sensitive to language yeah and so i i really try and think about that and when i used to bring on pilots to talk I'd just say there's a couple of things that you need to know. One is close the loop. So don't mm. leave anything open. You know, don't say it could, it might, it either is or it isn't. It says yeah. people don't want grey. They want to know. And which then leads to if you only do one thing, it's express certainty. Yeah. So some of the pilots that never got made the cut, you say, is turbulence unsafe? They go, well, no, not not technically. No, no, it's it's not. It's the answer is no. Yeah. Obviously, if you're walking about, it's unsafe to you. But is it unsafe? Well, no, it's not. Can turbulence bring down an aircraft? Yes or no? No. Okay. That's all we want to hear. We don't give a shit about the fact that, well, you know, in this incident fifty years ago, turbulence was considered a factor amongst the fifteen other things that went wrong. Not helpful. You know, we've, yeah. we learn from that. We just, we want the facts and we want certainty. No, it's we don't really want true. lie. You want just certainty. It's yes or no. That's what we yeah. want because then we can deal with it, you know? Yeah, I think well, well the rest of us that have had that fear, we've we've done the, the guessing for everybody. Like you said, you, you want a straight answer. That's the mm. whole point. You want the answer. You don't want someone else to join your rambling. No. Otherwise you'll be running around in circles the wrong direction. But I think sometimes, I think the worst type of pilot that we've ever had speaking is the ones that, have done too much time in the office because yeah. then they they then they are so used to having to sort of be a little bit more political with the way they answer mm. that they forget that we don't give a stuff about that. We just want to know, is it safe yeah. or not? You know, if the engine stops, what will happen? Is it a problem? Yes or no? No. Great. Yeah. Okay. And that goes, I can't remember the episode number, but same thing that those questions were asked. And if you do listen through all the podcasts, whatever fear you have, you'll find it somewhere in one of these episodes and you'll resonate with it. Hence my re rear going over the episode 46, but you'll find <laughs> one and you'll grab onto it and it will help because there that are some things so that you funny. might not relate to. Like myself, like I personally, I don't 
have the fear of terrorism or maybe the pilots don't know what they're doing i don't mm. have those kind of fears and like i said mine's more of the physical i don't like the feeling of falling i don't like heights it's literally those two things together but understanding everything else around the stages of flight makes me realize that you can't just fall out of the sky physics don't work like that and it's mm. essentially just a glider mm. and one thing i i thought of is this is not like a, a miracle thing to say but i i realized that when you're landing for the most part you're just gliding you're literally just gliding down the same way so should in some miraculous reason you lose engines you'll just do the same thing mm. and when on. you're coming down you're coming down how is it you're gliding quicker than you're gliding at a speed because you need to get down to a certain point at a certain time if they wanted to they could glide for a lot longer mm. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna sit here and go on like I, I know the facts and everything, but listen to some podcasts, you, you'll you understand do that. that. You do. Yeah. I mean it's, it's, that's spot on. But you do, you and you also understand that you, you even for me, there's the first time I flew, I went to the States this time around. It's the first time I flew over the Pacific and the Atlantic. And like for most people, you think of the water, but there's actually a lot of islands around, there's a lot of places to land. And it never happens anyway. You never need to land there. So you sit there thinking, well, you think of all these scenarios of well, we can get out of this one, we can go this way. Well, if this happens, we can do that. None of it happens. No, well, they come, to, and, that's where they should have four engines, but you know, it's like yeah, years ago, and that goes back to the whole knowledge is power thing. Mm. Once, once you understand the facts of flying nowadays is such a for most people such a mundane thing, and when you look at apps like Flight Radar Twenty Four, I think it is, you'll see how many how many planes are in the sky, and I did that when I was on the, on the plane when I had those little moments where I, I I slipped back for a second or turbulence hit, and it really was such a non-event. I thought about everyone else that's in the air right now, and it's so non-eventful. Yes. And obviously, you look around at everybody else, and I realized I'm sitting here stressing for nothing. I did the water trick. I looked at the glass of water that barely moved. And for the first time ever, I got up and walked around, and I went to the toilet of all things, which I never thought I'd ever do. But after 27 hours, it's inevitable. And it's actually quite nice to walk around a plane. once. It once you, uh, it, it actually helps. And I know I'm getting on tangents here, but with my feeling, uh, with my fear of the feeling of falling, for example, when you're leveling out or whatnot, and I heard this on one of your podcasts too, if you lift your feet off the ground or put your feet on the footrest in front, you really feel a lot less. It's weird how your inner ear works when you think you're standing when you're not. Mm. So if you lift your feet up and take a deep breath, it's all of those physical feelings disappear. So every time I hit a I say hit. There's another word again. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Well every, done. Well every time, every time we encountered well a slight, a slight bit of turbulence, which was nothing. I made it a bigger deal than I would, of course. Hmm. I took a deep breath as deep as I could, and that physical feeling of taking a deep breath takes over everything else, and all you can think about is breathing in. Hmm. You, it's, it's almost like you, you mentally can't think of two things at once when you're you're concentrating on breathing in, and I think that's why breathing techniques are such a popular thing. And that really helped me. And I'm not one to normally try something like that. I'm very simple. Like I, I, I like to think of myself as one of those typical guys that's, I'll be all right. S semi a bit of a meathead in a way, like we'll just make it work. <laughs> but the breathing exercises really did help. And, and I vouch for that a hundred times over. So every time something happened, I wasn't too happy with, I just take a deep breath. And by the semi, time I exhale, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just enjoying a semi meathead expression. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense, but I think a lot of a lot of guys out there would understand. It's a uh, very easy just to try and get by and be like, oh, I can just deal with it myself. I don't, I don't, mm. I don't need to try any of these techniques. 
but they're there for yeah. a reason they really do yeah. help yeah same same as these podcasts for example if if a few years ago if you said to me there's a podcast out there that could help i'd be like it, I, I don't need it mm. i'm sure there's a lot of people out there like, it's, it's not going to help mm. but you have to try like at least try and i, I know no one here personally knows me, but like I said, I'm not someone to try a new things like that because I always think, oh, it's a farce. It's pointless. Yeah. I just do it myself. And finding Lovefly and actually trying these techniques, I, I, I take everything back. And even down to things in my day-to-day -day life, it's changed the way I think about approaching new things because I was kind of set in my ways, whereas Lovefly, even outside of the fear of flying, has opened my eyes to maybe try different things because you don't know everything. Wow. So Lovefly's done a, a lot more than just got me over flying. It's actually opened, uh, broadened my horizons slightly in other aspects of life, which is pretty cool. And I think you uh, find that with the that, community. That's overwhelming now. That's too, that's too much now, Brian. It's too much. I, you know, I'm a semi-meathead. <laughs> I can't cope with that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I think the gist, gist of what I'm trying to get at overall as well is they're like, and everyone says it, they say, if I can fly, you can. Mm. But I'm definitely one of those people. I mean, I've put it off for so long and I've I've done the whole... I mean, some people have different levels of fear, but levels of fear. But I've definitely been that guy where I'd get to the airport and freak out. I mean, I've ruined two or three holidays because I wouldn't get on a plane. So I've definitely done that before. Yeah. But I know that there's a silver lining, and it's it, and that that silver lining of of if if people think of it as, as getting over their fear or, or conquering it, it, it's real. And once you get to that point, as as I would like to feel like I'm at now, it really is bliss because I I don't mind what my next flight is i'm looking at flights now actively to fly just in and out of new zealand just small flights it's it's kind of fun like it's you get like a you get excited over flying now because i think for most of us because it's such an event even if we're just doing a standard flight we're enjoying every single sense even though we're not a fan of it we're we're, we're embracing all of the feelings we're enjoying the sights mm. we, we, we we i think we feel everything more than the average person whether it's good or bad and once you, once you learn to turn it into a positive thing, you actually you start enjoying the flight. And like myself, on on the last few flights when I was going to London and back, I enjoyed every little thing. People were complaining, "Oh, it's so long. We've been delayed." I loved it. I loved every single minute on the flight because I was like, for a lot of people as well, it doesn't happen every day, especially long haul. Yes. So I'm like, well, make the most of it. Every yeah. little thing, like even going for a walk, check out the toilets. In some some places, uh, so, sorry, some airlines like Air New Zealand, they they put a lot of art and things around the plane you'll be surprised what you find or just walking around feels so nice it's like a i don't have to say it, like it's such a peaceful thing walking around in the air i, love when it. You look I out the totally window, agree i totally agree yeah you look out the window and, and all of those fears i had of being so high suddenly because your eye can't recognize how high you actually are it feels so peaceful like you're, mm. you're it's like i don't know how to say it because i don't wanna, i don't want to put the wording wrong because it's not like you're stuck in time in in the air because you know you're moving because you can see the clouds going, so you'll know you're moving at speed. But it's so non-eventful. It just feels like you're just standing up in, in, in a library or something, but you have the best views, which you can only get from an airplane. And you'd be doing a disservice to yourself if you didn't ever try to get those views because they are kind of like life-changing experiences. It's not every day you get to look at the earth from 36,000 feet. No. Ryan, honestly, we're going to stop there because you yeah. just it's been gold. But that's just been absolutely brilliant. I'm really pleased that you've managed to get to the place you're at. I'm looking forward to hearing about your next flights. And so don't, please don't leave it too long because you've had such no, no. you've done such a good recalibration. And you did the work. You did the desensitization by listening to episode 
46 <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> but, but, no, but what um, you're doing is visualizing it and yeah. repeat, repeat, repeat. And I think that's phenomenal. And and I won't ramble on. I mean, I know I said before, like this isn't something I normally do. I know I'm not the best speaker. I just thought if if even if not true. one of my sentence one of my sentences might help someone, that that's good enough for me. But yeah, um, I know you say it a lot of it's it's us or you per se, the person you're talking to who does the legwork. Which, yeah, to an extent. But to even have the op- even have the option of having something like love love fly, if you didn't have that there in the first place, you'd have nowhere to turn. So I think you, your team, and everyone like that should get a lot more credit than. I know it's easy just to be like, oh, you guys do it. But the fact that someone went out of their way to set something like this up deserves a lot more credit because it generally helps people in life. And like I said, flying can change your life completely. So in one sense, I think you should give yourself credit because you're literally changing people's lives on the daily, whether you know it or not. So it's quite a uh, quite a good achievement right there, Paul. You've helped me anyway. You can give me a big head there, Ryan. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> you. You deserve it. <laughs> Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really no, got to. I think I'd like to uh, please come back and do another one. I'd like to hear about your next couple of flights as well. So maybe get yeah, another I, couple I would of love flights to actually, um, Yeah, I'd love to sit down and maybe maybe structure some points. So I actually have like a bit of like I said a story, so it actually makes a bit more sense to people listening. Then I could maybe make it a bit more of a a journey per se, and actually have a bit more of a an ending at the end where where it actually makes sense. But I'd love to come back and do it again. No, you, you have made sense, and there's been some really great bits in there as well, and I'm. Yeah, I'm just so grateful that you were able to, to make no, it on. Thank you. And that the episodes have helped you and that you absorbed all 108. That's just phenomenal. Yeah, I'll and, keep going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's more coming. And you'll be part of it. You're out this week. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. And if you want to find out about more that we do, please go to our website, lovefly.co.uk, and you'll see a list of other options available to you should you need them. Thanks for listening.